roofing.net. Live from the DraftKings Sportsbook and Wild Rose Studio, this is Des Moines Sports Station, 1460. KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. The PSAs you hear on Miller and Condon and iHeartMedia Des Moines are presented in part by Nick Mick. We take care of our own. Now, here's Miller and Condon. Two Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, fourteen sixty KXNO, one hundred six point three on the FM dial. We take you until noon on fourteen sixty KXNO and one hundred six point three. Well, I just swallowed my sandwich in the middle of my break. It went down the wrong way. I saw you choking over I was there. T- somebody called during the um, during the break. I'm, I'm wondering about online poker, and I was in the middle of answering a question. And <clears throat> gotta be careful. Yeah, anyway. Getting dangerous over there. Might have to come through the round the through the glass to do the Heimlich on the old man. I would have been able to hear you. I can still hear you during the break, coughing over there, singing. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of singing too. Uh, Iowa College Hoops is where you can read John Bowen Camp amongst other places. He joins us. Trying to take over for a minute, would you? Oh, no doubt, uh, John. Good to talk to you as always. Well, we thought we were going to be previewing, getting ready for the Iowa Michigan State game. Of course, that one's off the calendar, but. Were you in Carver yesterday as the long, long winning streak for the Iowa women came to an end? Oh, yeah, I was there. First of all, I want to know what kind of sandwich he was having. Um, <laughs> yeah, nothing's anyway. spectacular. Peanut butter, anyway. Peanut butter, huh? Oh, my God. Anyway, well, no wonder you choked. Anyway, um, yeah, I was there yesterday. It was an interesting game. Um, you could really see Iowa's youth kind of showed up in that second half, especially at the end of the fourth quarter in overtime. And, I mean, it's... It's a young team. I think Lisa Bluter knew she was going to have these kind of games. I know she was really frustrated afterwards because I think they felt like they had a really good opportunity and it got away from them. Indeed it did. Uh, John Bowenkamp, IowaCollegeHoops.com uh, joins us. Well, there was uh, going to be a pretty big basketball game, uh, Michigan State and Iowa. That one got shelved as the uh, uh, the Spartans went from two to having three. And uh, abundance of caution, they decided to postpone that one. And is that the case, John? Is this a postpone? They didn't use the word canceled, did they? They hope to reschedule this, I'm assuming? Yeah, I think it's, yeah, they said on the release that they're looking at, at another date. And I mean, and there's, and the way the schedule kind of works out during the season, I mean, I think there are opportunities, but it's going to force, you know, one or both of them in the situation where maybe they're playing three games in a week. And, um, you know, I mean, they'll find, they'll find a date for it, I'm sure, unless, you know, the Spartans really get, you know, this really spreads through and they're shut down for, you know, two or three weeks, then it might be a problem. But, for as of now, it's just postponed, and you know, I mean, I'm sure they'll be able to find a date somewhere. And this was going to be, like you said, this is going to be a big game for Iowa. I mean, they've struggled with Iowa, with Michigan State over the years, um, you know, that and obviously the Spartans haven't been playing well at times this year. And this was an opportunity, I think, for Iowa to get another big win. They're playing at home, you know, against a team they've struggled with, and, and I think it was it was a good opportunity for them. And now you just get a couple extra days to prepare for Northwestern this weekend. Northwestern team that they beat, look at the final score, doesn't indicate how close that game was yeah, for a while. Boo Booey has not played very well as of late, really, since that Iowa game. I think I heard in the broadcast last night against Ohio State, he was something like two of his last 21 from the field. Really? Since the game against Iowa, really, really struggling. Oof. But we know what he can do. They got shooters out there. 
and it's a road trip, and most everybody's different on the road as opposed to home in college basketball. Just how difficult can this thing be? And, and with what they have still on the back half of the schedule, in terms of regular season and title, this is another one seems really, really important. Yeah, it really is. I mean, you. I mean, you know, as I've said all along, that that I always thought this was going to be a year where you know a team with six losses was going to win the Big Ten. So every game you win on the road just, I think, enhances your opportunity. And so I, again, I, the way they played against Northwestern, especially late, I think bodes well for this game. But again, there's always that that you know you're playing somebody a second time. They know what you did to them the first time. Um, you know, they're, you know, it, it becomes kind of a chess game a little bit. But if Iowa does what it does well and has been doing well here in the last few games, I, you know, I, I think this is this this is a chance for them to get a, a, a pretty important road win, especially at this point in the season. John, I know Welsh Ryan is a stop you usually make yearly. Um, this year, will you make that stop? Will you go on Sunday night? No, no, sadly, no. Um, you know, I mean, I've, I've been staying close to home. Good for I mean, you. Really, honestly. You know, I mean, it, 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 yeah, I mean, it's nice to be there and it's nice to, you know, to be in the atmosphere and it would be also nice to go to Portillo's and everything. <laughs> but, um, but, uh, but at the same time, it's, it's, I mean, you're doing everything by Zoom. Yeah. So, you know, it's like for these road games, it's like you just stay at home, watch it on TV, you know, and then, and, and then do the post game Zoom. And, and I mean, I think that's the way it's going to be this year. And I, I've gotten kind of used to it, but I miss being on the road. I miss, you know, being in the places where I like going. And, I mean, Welsh Ryan, now that it's been renovated, it's a nice place. I mean, yeah, we're kind of up in the middle of nowhere, and they've got the desk lamps because it's it. dark up there. But um, but it is what it is. But it's still, a, it's still a fun place to go, and it's still a fun trip that I've always liked to take. And, yeah, I'm going to miss it. So uh, disappointed, but it is what it is. John, I want to get your perspective, the future of the point guard position. Bohannon is just playing at mm. such a ridiculous level. The 14 assists. Shooting the ball, what's shooting sixty eight percent or something from three in the last four or five games? It just it's ridiculous what he's doing. But most people assumed it was going to be Joe Toussaint that was going to be that guy. But what Aaron Eulis, when he came into that game against Rutgers, when foul trouble and some concerns uh, cropped up in that game, I thought he played incredibly well. Is it the slam dunk that your starting point guard next year is Joe Toussaint, or do you give Aaron Eulis a real chance to take that job? I, I think there's an opportunity for him to take the job, and I think there's an opportunity to play both of them at the same time. Yeah, you know, if 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 both of them can show next year, you know, their ability to hit the outside shot, maybe you have both of them on the court at the same time. And that's the one good thing about this roster moving forward is there's a lot of flexibility there. You can put guys in different spots, and and I, I think that that I mean I I really am looking forward to seeing what this kid could do. And it was one of the things. And we've talked about this before, and it was something that I talked about with Brandon McCaffrey over the summer. Um, you know, with, with a lot of these, with these freshmen, and and even Joe Tucson as a sophomore, you know, they had to be patient this year because of what was ahead of them. They experienced them. Next year, that kind of loosens up a little bit. So I think you're seeing some guys. They're just kind of taking their their time right now. But I think next year, both of them take a big step and be a big part of this rotation. Uh, interesting schedule for the Hawks coming up. Northwestern, sure, it's a road game, give you that, and they've had, they have had their nights. Uh, but then Indiana, who's, what, in the middle of the pack, I think they're hovering around 500, and, and Nebraska. 
Um, really not a, I mean, of the three, Indiana, I guess, would be the toughest text, uh, test rather in the mm. next couple of weeks, John, before they see Illinois on that Friday night that Trent hates and I can't wait for. Yeah. Uh, um, uh, but, the, but the next three, is Indiana the toughest of those, even though it is at Carver? I think so, you know, but I, but I mean, I mean, this is an opportunity for them. I mean, they're playing, Iowa's playing well right now, and they've got a lot of momentum. So if you can keep that up and you can get these next three going to Illinois, I think you go down there with a lot of confidence. And, and again, and we've talked about this before, I don't, I don't know about this Illinois team right now. I mean, I, I, they can be, you know, so up and down mm-hmm. and not just game to game, but half to half. You know, I mean, look at that game the other night against Northwestern and, and, and how, you know, they struggled in the first half and then they just erupted. Crushed them. So you never know what you're going to get with them. So if you can go down there with a lot of momentum and a lot of confidence, I, I mean, I, I think that's better. And I, that's why I think these next three games are important to kind of keep going what they've had going here in the last couple of weeks. Where are you at with Michigan, the lone remaining undefeated team in the Big Ten? They're 11-0. They're most quality victory of the year came this week against Wisconsin, just dominated against Oof. the Badgers. What do you think of this Michigan team? Do you do you put them in that conversation, a Final Four type team, team that can win the regular season title, or are you still waiting to see a little bit more? I, I, I'm, I'm kind of in that waiting to see a little more mode, but at the same time, you know, when you get to this point in the year, if you're undefeated in the league, you're doing everything you need to do to win. Mm-hmm. And and I like those kind of teams when you get in the late January and early February. And so, I mean, I, I mean, like I said, they've they've done what they need to do to get in this position. Now it's like, okay, now how much better can they get here in the next few weeks as their schedule kind of ramps up a little bit? You know, with with the teams they're going to be playing. Uh, let's switch to football. John Camp is our guest. Iowa College Hoops, amongst other places, uh, you can uh, read JohnHawkeyeNation.com, dot, dot, dot. Uh, I just saw the NFL released a date that if you, um, that the, the seniors have to decide whether they're going to take the advantage of that extra year or make themselves eligible for this year's draft by March the 1st. That seemed like a little late in the process. I would like think the, the schools would like to know in advance of that. Uh, but uh, regardless of that, John, what uh, is Matt Hankins maybe the one decision that's lingering out there still for Iowa? We saw Kronk decide to, you know, he's not going to take advantage of that extra year. He's going to, you know, prepare for the NFL draft. What have we got football-wise still uh, lingering? I think that's the one that I think everybody's kind of waiting on. And, and yeah, I, you know, the other day, um, I, I think Iowa's decisions will come soon. I mean, I think the guys that are going to go are going to go well before that deadline. So, I mean, for Iowa, I think it's, it's, it's I, I, I think they'll be in good shape one way or the other. But, I mean, I do think his decision kind of maybe makes their, you know, see, I think, you know, because you still want to know what's out there in the transfer portal and you still want to know what to go get. So I think his decision maybe kind of triggers maybe some other things looking for some more experience in, in, in the defensive secondary, you know, and that sort of thing. But yeah, I think he's the only one left because I, I think I saw, yeah, Jack, Hef, Jack Heflin's gone. Mm-hmm. Coy Krong's gone. You know, you're seeing some of these guys make their decisions. I don't see a lot of these guys coming back. I think they've, they've, you know, I, I go back to what Keith Duncan said, you know, when he said he was done. I mean, it was just, we've, we've done what we came here to do. And so, but yeah, I do think that, that the decisions are going to be made pretty quickly, and then they can kind of move forward in the transfer portal, and and maybe with some late signings of high school kids to kind of fill in what they need to fill in. John, what can you uh, fill us in with on terms of the NIL? 
that was supposed to be voted on earlier this week. The NCAA decided to kick it down the road. What do you read of that in in anything? The name, image, and likeness bill, the opportunity for these student-athletes to make some money on this side. What do you read into this, if anything? I think it. I mean, I think it. I think they did kick it down the road a little bit, but I think they may have had some reasons. I mean, I think they're wanting to wait and see what Congress decides, and I think they're wanting to see how you can do this because some states have already passed their own laws, and I think they're kind of wanting some sort of legal opinion on where they can go moving forward. I think it happens. I think it. I think it would have been nice to get it over with here in the last couple of weeks, but. Um, I think that gets, like I said, I think it got kicked down the road a little bit, but I think they just want some more information on how to do this moving forward. But I think it's coming. I mean, I, I, I don't see how it couldn't at this point. I mean, I, I think it has to happen just to appease, I mean, just to, just for the, just for the students, just for the student athletes to, I hate using that word, just for the athletes <laughs> to, 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 to know where they stand. And I think it's got to come before the summer. I think there's no doubt about it. You've got to get that in line before you get in the next season. Oh, finger, fingers crossed. Uh, John, last thing. Has there been a uh, state of the program uh, winter press conference with Ferentz? Have you guys been told that, the, that that's coming? Um, any idea when you'll be able to you know, get on the Zoom and talk a little football? I think, well, and I go back to what I said earlier, because we asked Steve Rowe the other day, and, and I think Kirk wants to get gets get the guys back on campus, which will be the end of January, gotcha. to talk to you know whatever guys may or may not be coming back. I think it's more we hear from them right around the February signing date, my guess. Oh, sure. And I mean, I mean, with with this with this with the school schedule being pushed back a week, I think that's going to kind of do it. But I, I mean, it'll happen at some point, but I probably not next week or so. I would think so. Good stuff, John Bowen Camp. Thank you. Appreciate you coming on, and we will uh, talk to you in the weeks ahead. Thanks, John. Thanks. Have a good day. Yeah, we do the same. John Bowencamp joining us, iowacollegehoops.com, Hawkeye Nation, AP. Uh, writes a lot of stories for a lot of places. Good for him. I want to run this past you. I told you during one of the breaks earlier today and uh, ran out of time with both uh, John and Kevin. DePaul and Valpo have yep. scheduled a, a game coming up this weekend because of cancellations for both those teams. Not for Iowa. I, they don't have to pick up games if they have a bunch of games that turn out to be canceled. Can a Big Ten with the Big Ten? Will the Big Ten well, even and, allow you to do that? And that's another good question. Would it be allowed? But we see Valpo do it. You're Drake. Mm. Your schedule's already being reduced. Yeah. An opportunity. What if something happens to the Redbirds is what you're saying? Yeah. Oh. And, and this thing gets pushed back even further. And also to an, enhance your resume, call Missouri. It's a drive, right? To mm-hmm. Columbia. Mm-hmm. Make a call there. Kansas State, you've already played them. I don't think Kansas would. Maybe they would, but... Yeah, we don't know about those conferences, what their rules sure. are. Creighton. Yeah. yeah. DePaul's in the Big East, so is Creighton. Do you yeah. make that phone call? If you're Drake... There's a relationship there, after all. <laughs> and that phone call, I think I think DeVries probably knows who to make the call to. Yeah. In order to make that happen, but maybe just something to put in the back mm. of your mind. Drake is going through their own issues, but if we get into February... And two, maybe three teams that they're scheduled to play are going through their own issues at that time. Do you don't have games? Where are you going to find them? And you're not finding them inside your conference? Just something to think about. It is uh, just the you know the different protocols for the different conferences. Mm-hmm. You know Shelby Mast, who has been our bracketologist for a long time, he's the USA's uh, bracketologist. Did you see? Did you click on his bracket from this morning? He has Drake as a nine seed. As a nine seed. Well, nine. Layman told us they're up to number 10 now in the net. They don't play. They keep going up. They were 13 last week. 
And they're up to number 10 now. They would take on North Carolina, the winner, to play Baylor. <laughs> wow. Uh, Iowa is a two. Uh-huh. Uh, what else? Who's the three seed in, in the Iowa region? Uh, West Virginia. I like Iowa in that matchup. I do, too. I do, too. Now, Toshiba was there. No, he's in Kentucky, and he's waiting to play. <laughs> right. Might be a different conversation. Uh-huh. Who's the one in Iowa's bracket? Villanova. I don't like that as much. Villanova, the ones are Villanova, Michigan, Baylor, and Gonzaga. Twos, Iowa, Texas, Creighton, and Kansas. A lot of Big Ten right in the middle of that. Wisconsin is a three. Ohio State is a four. Minnesota, Illinois, fives. Rutgers is a six. Michigan State is a seven. You know, it's almost time that we start talking a little brackets, right? We're getting to that point in the calendar. We're also getting to that point in the program. We're about to give you a chance to win $1,000. We're going to get into the NFL with our friend Frank Schwab coming up from YahooSports.com. What's just your favorite playoff weekend? A lot of people, it's this one. See, and this one, I think going in, usually I'm excited about, and there's usually a couple of clunkers just because... Well, it's usually two teams coming off a bye, mm-hmm. and you're trying to talk yourself into it. It's probably wild card weekend. It's for me too. For me too. And now with the expansion of it, right. with the extra game each day, I don't think there's any doubt. No, this. That's I'm torn with this. This is the last Saturday of football, right? And I hate that. If I would rank them one through four, wild card, wild card, Super Bowl. That's Super crazy. Bowl still might a, be at the yeah, top. It's got to be right. It's a Super Bowl. Super Bowl wild, wild card, card championship division. I think this yeah. is fourth, and at a lot of people's, it's first. Yeah, I'm surprised by that too. Anyways, it's football. So which one of your kids you want to like better? Right, you rank yeah. your four kids. <laughs> uh, we'll talk to Frank Schwab, Yahoo Sports, next. But right now, it's time for another thousand dollar slam dunk. Text the keyword hope to two hundred two hundred right now. It's your chance at a thousand dollars. Hope. To 200, 200. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. Frank Schwab, Yahoo Sports on the NFL. We'll pick his brain on his badgers, too, as they got just pummeled the other. Maybe he doesn't want to talk about that. Probably not. Uh, we're here until noon. 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. This is KXNO. Oh, man, that sounds good on FM. 1460 AM. And now on 106.3 FM. This is Des Moines Sports Station. KXNO. Trek Hadden here to let you know my good friends at Renner's Warehouse are in heavy demand right now in Des Moines for three reasons. One, the rental market is booming. People rent during uncertain times and homes are getting leased fast. Two, with professional video marketing and self-showing technology, Renner's Warehouse meets all healthy and safety guidelines for our social distancing world. And three, with regulations changing so quickly, more people are learning that using an experienced property manager is far less stressful than trying to do everything yourself. Now is not the time to DIY or mess with inexperienced property managers. For a low, flat monthly fee, Renner's Warehouse will take the grunt work off your plate with no upfront fees and no paperwork or 3 a.m. maintenance calls. Plus, they can help you turn your part-time rental into a full-time cash flow machine. And if you're a real estate agent, they're offering cash payments for referrals. Go to Renner'sWarehouse.com to book your free home rental price analysis today or call 515-528-4429. That's 515-528-4429. Renner's Warehouse, Des Moines. You'll always have org. All 
right, welcome back, Miller and Condon. Because of the pandemic, food insecurity has doubled since January of last year and tripled for households with children. Many Iowans are struggling to put food on the table. After covering the other necessities such as heat and medicine, visit foodbankiowa.org to get help or if you can give help. Frank Schwab, yahoosports.com. He joins the program, one of our NFL go-to guys, and we're grateful that he joins us. Frank Trenton, Ken, thanks for coming on, Frank Schwab. How are you? Doing well. How about you? Doing well. Thanks for asking. Appreciate it. Um, before we get into the divisional rounds, we saw uh, the Steelers uh, be dispatched last week by Cleveland. Likewise, the Colts. Uh, where I'm going, uh, Eli was last year. Does it seem like we're coming to the end of this 2004 draft class? Such a big cap hit with Roethlisberger. Should he come back, he'd have to get something done uh, with the with the team uh, to make that palatable. And Rivers may or may not be a Colt and may or may not want to play anymore. Have we reached the end of that terrific class? I think one or two of those guys uh, will be back. I don't think both are going to retire. I mean, Rivers did play pretty well this year. I mean, he wasn't great. We, we all saw Ben struggle here and there, but he did. Uh, you know, I mean, throw for five hundred yards in a playoff game just now. I, he's and he's better than any option the Steelers have. I mean, if they turn to Mason Rudolph, it's going to get ugly. He's just not a good NFL quarterback. So, I think that you know we'll see one, maybe two of these guys come back. I don't think both retire, but it's possible. Look, you get to this point. Both of these guys uh, have taken a ton of hits through the years. Yeah. Both of these guys have, you know, Roethlisberger's won everything he can win. You know, Rivers might be still trying to get to the Super Bowl. But, you know, I mean, he's smart enough to know that. Just because he comes back doesn't mean he's guaranteed to go. Mm-hmm. And the Colts might want to go in a different direction. He's on a one-year deal. There's going to be a lot of, you know, Carson Wentz rumors in the offseason. I don't think that's going to happen. But you, you never know. The Colts might just say, hey, you know, we, we just want to do something else at quarterback. So it remains to be seen, but I think we, I think we'll at least see one of those guys back, and just because yeah, it is still hard <laughs> to find good quarterbacking help in the NFL. Outside of Dak Prescott, the free agent class for quarterbacks is brutal. It's just hideous. Does that make Dak maybe reevaluate signing whatever Dallas throws to him and saying, "Boy, Indianapolis." Pittsburgh, couple of pretty good landing spots in their own right, and good organizations. Or is it a foregone conclusion? Dak will just be back in Dallas. I think it's a foregone conclusion. I think that if nothing else, Dallas would use the franchise tag on him. We mm-hmm. saw, we kind of saw how good Dak Prescott was in the first mm-hmm. few games this year because we saw Andy Dalton's not an incompetent quarterback, but he was far cry from Dak Prescott. I mean, but I think the question we hear is: Is Dak healthy? And I don't think we're going to know. I, and anybody, Pittsburgh, Indy, Denver, whoever, you know, Houston, if they move on from Deshaun Watson, I, I don't even know. But any of these teams, you're you're being asked to spend, I don't know what, $35 million a year on a guy? Mm-hmm. You have no idea if he's going to be 100%. We, we hope so. We, he's going to be able to do, uh, I guess, a few things before he signs. But you're basically flying blind here and, and just – you know, hoping that he comes back healthy, and that's that's fine if you're signing a guy to a two-year, ten million dollar deal. No, we're we're talking about you know, hundred fifty, hundred eighty million, whatever it's going to be to get back. So that that's a pretty big gamble on a guy who last time we saw him is you know we saw a pretty gruesome leg injury. So I, it it just changes. It just complicates everything. If Dak was totally healthy, I think this would be pretty clear that. The Cowboys would offer him the moon, franchise him if he doesn't take it, and he's never going to hit free agency. But I just don't know how it changes out now. I assume the Cowboys, you know, still use the franchise tag a second time, even though it's going to be really expensive. But 
it's 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 really hard to tell exactly what's going to happen with that. One uh, of the uh, Iowa, as you, as you know, you're you live in one in Colorado too. Sports wagering legalized state, and it's props that are coming out, and there's going to be a bunch of them. Trying to zero in on one regarding Devontae Adams, who's going to be matched up against Jalen Ramsey. I read this as part of your column on on that matchup. I guess I didn't realize just how dominant Ramsey has been uh, this season against the best receivers in the Whoa. game. I mean, it's just crazy how he just takes them completely out of it. We saw it last week with the most part against Metcalf. I think he got him once. But trying to find that prop, if it's if Adams is you know not going to get his, who's Rogers going to get it to? Is it Lazard? Uh, is it the tight end who seems like uh, that he's a touchdown machine? Is it Valdez, Scantling, uh, Tanyan, the tight end, as we mentioned? Uh, that might be a prop worth looking into. Frank, how about that? No, I agree with you. That's a great point. I, I, and I think maybe it's more of an Aaron Jones game. I, and maybe mm-hmm. they'll rely on that a little bit because, I, I, you know, it's hard for me to believe that if DeAndre Hopkins, Terry McLaurin, uh, DK Metcalf, if those guys couldn't go for more than fifty yards against Ramsey, I don't think I don't think Adams is going to have one of those hundred twenty yard games. Nope. He, he's great. Like, don't get me wrong, but I, I don't know. I, I don't know how the Packers approaches too. You could either look at it one of two ways of. Hey, yeah, Jalen Ramsey's good, but this is our best guy, and we're going to feed him. We don't care. He averaged, I think, 10.9 targets per game in a regular season. I mean, they just peppered him with with targets all year. I don't think you're going to necessarily go away from him, but they might realize, hey, we're not going to get over our Jalen Ramsey in this game. Our, our money's not going to be made just going at him time after time, so maybe it is somebody else. I think the, the one guy is always Valdez Scantling, and the problem with him, though, is he's going to get open, they're going to throw it to him deep, and it's about 50-50 chance if he's going to catch it. Like, that's how it is. Like, it's it's amazing. So, but I think he'd be the one guy who, you know, if you're looking at one of those props, I I can't assume he's got, you know, uh, too high of a number. I haven't looked at the props yet, but, yeah, all you need to do is catch one of those long balls, and, Mm and you're good to go. Let's go to the Saturday night capper, and maybe the most intriguing game, I think he can make a solid, compelling argument on both sides as Baltimore goes to Buffalo and Lamar playing in the snow. What do you see here? I love this game. I think that this could be the best game of the playoffs. Oh, I, I, I really, you know, it's funny because, you know, we just talked about gambling, but I've been on the, the Bills and the Ravens all through the past few weeks. I mean, mm. they've been covering like crazy. I think I wrote in my in my post that if you just bet the Ravens and the Bills, in the past, however many weeks, they're thirteen and one against the spread, and the, the Bills didn't cover last week. They've been just machines. And, you know, I mean, not that covering a spread is the be all end all, but we know if we've seen them play, these are two great teams. Their, their offenses are clicking, quarterbacks are hot, well coached teams, uh, talent on both sides of the ball, everything you want in a playoff game. And, and if we do get the backdrop of a snow game, that's even better. Yeah. Prime time, Buffalo, snow, two great teams. Two explosive offenses. I love this game. I, I, and I think it's it's telling that I keep going back and forth in my mind of who I like. I, I mm. uh, one day I'm like, well, the Ravens have played so well, and I picked them to win the Super Bowl before the season. And this is the team I thought they would be. I thought that they'd pick up where they left off from last year. They're going to be a great team. They have been that for the past few weeks. But the Bills have been so good too that how could you go against them? I mean, just because they didn't cover against a really, really good Colts team doesn't mean the Bills aren't any good. I mean, they've been, you know, down the stretch, our last eight regular season games, they went seven and one, 
Seven of those wins were double digits, and the one loss was the Hail Mary at Arizona. That's how good the Bills were in the second half of the season. So I guess I'm leading the Bills today, but if we talk tomorrow, I might be back on the Ravens. That's how I think that's how good this matchup is. I think it's got to be a chance to be a classic as well. Can't wait for it. And uh, Collinsworth and Michaels have the broadcast, and hopefully there's a little white stuff coming down because it is Buffalo after all, and wouldn't that be awesome? Uh, before we get to Sunday, I don't want to run out of time without this. Um, Trent will bring it up because he's in mourning about his Bears and the fact that it looks like the gang, the gang's all coming Ugh, back. Yuck. Uh, that the press conference just got ripped universally yesterday. Frank, are you surprised the Bears are, for the most part, well, we don't know, I guess, about Trubisky, but so far, status quo. Uh, here's here's the question I have to ask: Do we think the Bears would have fired Nagy and Pace had they not made the playoffs? My answer is yes. Yep. My answer, I, I think they would have. I think they would have canned those guys. I think the only reason those guys stuck around is because they made the playoffs. I don't think they said that explicitly, but I think that if you're giving truth serum to George McCaskey or anybody else, I think those guys are gone if you don't make the playoffs. And that, to me, is just the sign of a terrible, terrible organization. Because think of it. The, the Bears made the playoffs at 8-8 eight and eight because there was a number 7 seed this year in an expanded playoffs and because the Arizona Cardinals lost without Kyler Murray most of the game in Week 17. If Kyler Murray stays healthy and they beat the Rams in Week 17, you're telling me that Megan Pace are, are, are gone? Like, I don't, I don't even understand the thought process there. It's, but we see this all time with sports teams. They say, oh, we made the playoffs. That means our coach can't be fired. No, you can still fire him. That's okay. It's, if you don't think that's the right guy, it's, it's fine to fire a guy after a playoff berth, especially in an expanded playoffs in the NFL. So I think if we're going with these guys are only around because they made the playoffs, I think that's a horrible move. And I think you're setting yourself up for failure, especially Pace. What has Pace done? in his six years on the job to lead me to believe that he's the guy. So I, I kind of get Nagy. He's, you know, two years ago he was coach of the year. I, I know that that, that that's all weird now, but I guess there'd be an argument to bring him back for a fourth year. I don't get the, get it with Pace. I definitely don't get it with Trubisky. I think it's kind of the Bears were kind of fooled by this winning streak against the Houstons and Jacksonville's of the world and, and made a bad decision. Honestly, I, I just think that, this isn't the right the right move for the Bears, and they're just they're just delaying the inevitable. And we're going to be talking in a year about how the Bears are starting over. A uh, guy that's brought in Matt Barkley, Mike Lennon, Chase Daniel, Mitchell Trubisky, Nick Foles, and give him another shot at the quarterback spot. Ryan Pace, <laughs> it has not worked out well there. So you mentioned the Bears getting into the playoff as the seven seed. This was announced back in March as the pandemic was really getting ratcheted up, but it been on the table for a long time. 14 teams in the NFL playoffs here to stay, or do you anticipate more tinkering in the coming years? I think we'll, we'll land on 14, I think 16. I, who knows? I mean, more playoff games mean more money. So, you know, it, could it go to 16 at some point? Maybe. But I don't think they're going backwards. I don't think they're ever going back to 12. But I think it's a mistake, and not necessarily for the reasons – the obvious reason that, you know, the number seven seed more often than not is going to be a Chicago Bears team rather than an Indianapolis Colts team. You'll be letting a lot of bad eight and eight teams in. They're going to get blown out in wild card weekend like the Bears did. You're not going to see too many 11 and five Colts type of teams in the, in the playoffs as a result of this. But I think the biggest problem, and, and we've talked about this before, I've been railing on it for months now. The number one seed has way too much of an edge. You're making the playoffs predictable, in my opinion. And we'll see if it plays out. But in my mind, as I sit here, I think more often than not, 
you're going to see the number one seed walking into a Super Bowl berth. We all know the advantages teams have when they're in a bye situation in the second round of the playoffs. You get to rest. You don't take on injuries. You're you're preparing for an extra week. And now you're giving that edge to only one team. I think it, it, it tips the favor way too much in favor of the number one seeds. I think the Chiefs and Packers are going to the Super Bowl because of this reason. Mm-hmm. And I think more years than not, we're going to look up and say, all right, it's another number one seed versus number one seed in the Super Bowl. And uh, maybe that's okay, but it just takes out the unpredictability of the playoffs. And I don't like that. And I think the NFL is going to regret that after time. Uh, we'll save the the, uh, the Buccaneers and the Saints for Trent. Uh, can you make a case for Cleveland to keep this game close, Frank? Please do. I want it to be close. <laughs> oh, absolutely I can because – the Chiefs have not covered a point spread. I know we're talking a lot in a of while. today, but yep. the Chiefs, it's November 1st is the last time they covered a spread. And they, if you look, they've played, they played, I believe it was six straight one possession games. They're not the dominant team, everybody says. They're not. They're very, very good. They might turn it on in a playoffs. They're just bored in a regular season being defending Super Bowl champs. But they haven't won a, a game by more than seven points in two months. And they're, they haven't been dominant. Like I just talked about, the Bills have won seven games by double digits in that span. I think the Browns can keep this close. Think a lot, of, a lot of confidence. They slayed a lot of dragons last week. Did it without their head coach. Did it without them as an award. Now those guys come back. I think the Browns come in with some swagger. Now look, the, the Chiefs might put fifty on them. They're, they're that good. We all know that. But that hasn't been who they are the past few months. I, I think that they're ten points. Yeah, give me ten points with Browns. What is it about New Orleans that has been such a difficult matchup this year for Tampa? It's not just about Brady and some of the issues that he's had. Defensively, they've really struggled against this New Orleans team. What do you think it is, and does that show up again on Sunday? Yeah, you're right. I, and I think that they have the cornerbacks and the defensive backs that can match up with these great receivers. I think they can get, get pressure on Brady. And that's the big thing that you, you got to get to Brady. And I think they can do that. And offensively, they're just, Peyton's really good at picking apart your weaknesses. And I think this Buccaneers team does have a weakness in the secondary. They still weren't great defending the pass. As long as you can block those two guys off the edge, you know, JPP and Shaq Barrett, you can have, you can make some money against their secondary. And I think the, the Saints know how to scheme that. I think they know how to do that. And, you know, this old adage, you can't beat a team three times. It's so tough to beat a three, team three times. There's been 21 times where a team has swept a team in a regular season and then met again in the playoffs. That team that's swept in the regular season is 14 and 7. Mm. It's not hard. It's actually easy. It's, mm. it's, there's a reason a team wins two in a row in a regular season, and the Saints absolutely blew them out in both games. So I'm on the Saints. I think the Saints are clearly the better team. I just think they're overall a better team. And it's not. And there he goes, just like that. <laughs> we're on a roll with him. We were. <laughs> See? Wanted to ask him about Urban Meyer and get his take on that. We'll get him quick. Uh, well, why don't we do this? You want to go to our break and try and line them up or just you know, try them again? All right. So Frank Schwab will get uh, uh, hopefully get him back and finish up with Frank Schwab from YahooSports.com. That sounded to me like maybe that was a battery that was just uh, hit the red zone and just shot craps right in the middle uh, of an answer. We'll see. Um, Frank Schwab, YahooSports.com, back with us. Frank, real quick, we'll get you out of here. You, we just lost you uh, real quick. Just uh, I want to ask you about Urban Meyer. Five years from now, will we look back at this and say, "Boy, that was a great hire"? Or, eh, another guy that they, you know, that they should have should have gone in a different direction because it clearly didn't work. Well, how how are we going to see this, Frank? My guess is it doesn't work. I mean, well, we've seen guys, and he look, he's a great, great college coach. His his college record is unbelievable. It really is. But he's a guy who I don't know. He gets kind of antsy. He he really. 
burns, you know, the candle too bright or whatever, you know, that, that old adage. And I don't know that any of this, we've seen successful, great college courses. The great Nick Saban couldn't make it in the NFL. I don't know that Urban Meyer is the best fit here. I would have gone with, with a, a more known quantity. You're getting Trevor Lawrence. You, you know, you hook him up with a great offensive coordinator like a Biennemi. I think that would have been the right fit. But, but this is a it, look. It's, it's either hit or miss. I don't think there's any in between here. I don't think that there's a you know we're going to look up and just say yeah, Urban Meyer was okay. I think it's either going to be fantastic or a disaster. One of the two. I don't. I don't really think there's some much middle ground. And if I have to guess right now, I'd say it doesn't going to it isn't going to work out just because it's a different game. It's a different. It's it just everything about it is different. We've seen a lot of great, great you know Spurrier, Saban, great college coaches that haven't worked out. And I think. If I had to take one or the other, I'd say Urban Meyer doesn't work out with the Jaguars. Uh, it, which game this weekend of the of the four has the chance to end up like uh, Michigan Wisconsin earlier this week? Sorry to bring it up. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, you that was that. brutal. It's obviously it's obviously the Chiefs. Yeah. Uh, even though I just made the case that the Browns could cover the ten points, if, if you're telling me one of these games a team's going <laughs> to win by thirty, yeah, of course it's the Chiefs. Like they they it's possible we look up on Sunday and are just like, oh yeah, that's right. If it's Patrick Mahomes, it's this great offense. They just put up 56 points against the Browns. I, I can't rule that out at all. Good stuff, Frank. Thank you for what you do for us. We'll talk to you in a couple of weeks. Thanks, Frank. <laughs> Absolutely. Always appreciate it. Good to talk to you. Frank Schwab, YahooSports.com is where you can read. Frank's covered the NFL for a long, long time. He's a Wisconsin grad. That's why we bring that up uh, with Mr. Schwab. We'll take a time out, come back, finish things up. Miller and Condon with you until noon. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. Murph and Andy talk sports and more. Weekdays at 2 on 1460 AM and 106.3 FM. This is KXNO. Trek Hadden here to let you know my good friends at Renner's Warehouse are in heavy demand right now in Des Moines for three reasons. One, the rental market is booming. People rent during uncertain times and homes are getting leased fast. Two, with professional video marketing and self-showing technology, Renner's Warehouse meets all healthy and safety guidelines for our social distancing world. And three, with regulations changing so quickly, more people are learning that using an experienced property manager is far less stressful than trying to do everything yourself. Now is not the time to DIY or mess with inexperienced property managers. For a low, flat monthly fee, Renner's Warehouse will take the grunt work off your plate with no upfront fees and no paperwork or 3 a.m. maintenance calls. Plus, they can help you turn your part-time rental into a full-time cash flow machine. And if you're a real estate agent, they're offering cash payments for referrals. Go to Renner'sWarehouse.com to book your free home rental price analysis today or call 515-528-4429. That's 515-528-4429. Renner's Warehouse, Des Moines. You'll always have a... U.S. only. While the holiday season may be over, the sports calendar is in full swing this week. From collegiate to professional sports, there's no shortage of action, and there's no better place to get in on all the action than DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. If you haven't tried out DraftKings Sportsbook, what are you waiting for? Ken, I have no idea what people are waiting for. To celebrate this year's football playoffs, DraftKings is giving all new players a chance to bet on any of this weekend's professional football games at 100-1 to 1 odds. All you have to do 
Bet $1 any football game this weekend. If your team wins, you win $100. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the code KXNO when you sign up to get 100 to 1 odds on any football game this weekend. That's code KXNO for new players to get a shot at $100 on any football action this weekend. For a limited time, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Iowa only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Hi, right, Miller and Condon. Final couple of minutes here of a Thursday program. A lot of NFL conversation tomorrow. Particularly in the first hour of the show, working on Felix Wright, former Drake Bulldog, played in the NFL for... I don't know, 10 years or so. You remember him, don't you? I remember him as a Brown. I didn't realize until you told me this morning that he was Drake Bulldog. Yeah. I never had that connection. Just knew him as the NFL player and a heck of one. Yep. The Play Browns, the, the Vikings. Teams, yeah. Team I'm rooting for this weekend more than any is the Browns. Are they? Yeah. Mm. My grandpa's team. So oh, sure. That's, that's good. And then the reason that I hate your Broncos is because of those the drive. The AFC championship. The fumble. And the fumble. Yes. Back to back years. Yeah. Right after he passed. And uh, happy birthday to my man, Dave Grohl. We heard a lot of Foo Fighters today. My, I think favorite current band is the Foo Fighters. Just heard uh, you Monkey Wrench there. When you said Dave Kroll, I thought, uh, yeah. who the hell are you talking about? But you know Foo Fighters. I know them. Yeah, yes. I didn't know the uh, He is the singer. lead singer and part of Nirvana going way back in the day. Wow, didn't realize that. That's quite the connection. So there's the, the very limited music knowledge that I have. Dave Kroll. You just shared it with that, us. That's it. <laughs> that's it. You're done. We're out. Gambling? We've got plenty. we got plenty of uh, that. So do you have any gambling tonight? I do. I got a goofy play. How'd you do yesterday, by the way, first of all? Uh, the one, I only handed out one that yeah. lost. Okay. Steve Forbes did not get it done for me. Yeah, that's right. You liked Wake yesterday. I liked Wake, and they lost by 11. You're getting eight and a half. That's not a winner. That's an L, Trent. So my uh, my favorite play is Utah State. They're just a one-point home favorite against San How'd Diego State. How'd you come State. up with these? I mean, you have to do your homework. It's, I get it. Yeah, it's a number system that yeah. I have, a couple of models that I put together in. And then watching games, also yep. a piece, and not just numbers, but also eyeball test a little bit. But there's one in my statistical model that I have, and it's a league that I rarely do. But Presbyterian, <laughs> I know, is getting nine and a half at Campbell, who plays in the smallest gym. I mean, it's smaller than any gym we have around here at the high school. 100 bets off. Presbyterian plus nine and a half. Again, this is, this is purely oh a statistical gosh. play for my numbers, but it is way off. I'm getting nine and a half. My model says they should only be getting three, so I know nothing about either of these teams. But when you got a math model and it yep. says that, got a hunch, better bunch. Uh, so <laughs> we won't you, be doing that. No, I know you won't. But what do you think? Like a, a game like that, what would be the the limit they would take on a game? Would they if, take a thousand? If I went up to per, Prairie right now, yeah. oh, there's no way they're going to balance the books on that game. Five, maybe five hundred. No, five grand. I think. You're not getting ten down. I wouldn't think so. I mean, I'd be surprised. You might get be getting five. I mean, there's no way in hell they're going to balance the points here. You're not. No, but because you have the big backing behind it, know. they might say they might have to make a phone call, but say, "All right, let's gamble." Right. I mean, you can't transfer the money, but you can make it 
change yeah. the number in another state to yeah. balance the books on a on a national basis. All right, well, good stuff. A lot of football tomorrow. Hopefully, mm-hmm. Felix Wright will join us. Dave Sinek in the headcheese.com on the Packers and the Rams. Of course, Mitch Holtis will be with us at about 10 minutes before 11. Look forward to speaking with Mitch. And then we'll get Dave Sproul in Iowa State and Tom Kaker on Iowa and some klaxons and some picks. And we'll get on home, and hopefully the roads won't be too bad. Fingers crossed on that one. Oh, my gosh. Well, you're going to beat it today. Today, yeah. I'm not sure the Fanatics will. It's a good call. Uh, Murph and Andy will be in here at 2 o'clock. The Fanatics at 4. Cyclone Fanatic Radio, I believe, goes tonight as well. They're at 6. And the morning rush tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. We're Miller and Condon. We man the 10 to noon shift on Des Moines Sports Station. 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM.